1: berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
0: Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. I'm here with both producer Jason Filippo and Kim Seltzer. Hi, Kim.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you were able to join us. Here at The Art of Charm, we don't have all the answers, but we definitely have all the right questions. Today on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you, and then Kim and I are going to answer some of those. If you're new to The Art of Charm podcast, Fan Mail Friday, it's a great Look, people love this, what can I say? But there's a lot more long format content, interviews with people that you may or may not have heard of. So check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best. We also have a fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got things like body language, nonverbal communication, attraction, networking, negotiation, influence, persuasion, all that good stuff that we teach here at the Art of Charm during our live programs. And we'll send all that stuff to your inbox if you text charmed, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D to 33444. Only works in the US, which is lame. But uh, if you're anywhere else, you can just go to theartofcharm.com. All right, Kim, let's, let's do this. We've got some really, really interesting questions and the first one comes from hopeless romantic
2: jason take it away for us hi jordan and the art of charm family i've been binge listening to your podcast for quite a while now and really appreciate all that you do all of the advice offered from different perspectives and backgrounds has definitely opened my eyes and changed the way i perceive and interact with the world something i regularly struggle with is a feeling of emptiness and i'm hoping you might have some advice for me in particular I've been single for about a year now with some micro relationships here and there and nothing I do seems to fill that hole in my heart. The hole isn't from the previous relationship, but rather the lack of someone to love. I have a full time job that pays my bills, a pet, loads of hobbies that keep me busy and fit. have done a lot of traveling by myself, a wide variety of supportive friends, live alone and am totally comfortable with it and who I am as a person. Roommates are out of the question, at least for a year or two. I'm bored with my job, but I'm starting night school soon to change my career into an area I'm passionate about, so I feel like everything on my end is taken care of in regards to being happy with my life. I'm the type of person that unconditionally loves once I find someone I'm interested in, immediately falling head over heels time and time again, to the point where I fall into a pit that I've managed to keep myself out of. People in the pit are all past mistakes I know I should stay away from. Dating sites and apps, no strings attached, sex, friends with benefits, relationships I knew weren't right for me from the start, etc. I feel whole as a person and am not actively seeking a relationship through dating, but this consistent ache for a partner will drive me crazy until i found one. The problem is, I know now not to let anyone who knocks into my life anymore and wait for someone who meshes well with my life and treats me the same way I treat them. How do I quench this? Am I doing something wrong? Thank you for your time and I hope you can help me. Signed, Hopeless Romantic. So, Kim, the first thing that struck me is, well, like you'd like you'd said
0: pre-show, there's a lot of questions in some of these questions. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? Why do people, first of all, why do people do that? Is that just a writing thing or is it having is she having trouble actually narrowing down what her issue really is? That's kind of what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, well, I think issues are layered. I mean, that's part of yes, the, the thing. It's like perfect. And I think actually when people start writing, they figure out it's not just one problem. There's a lot of things going on. And I find this to be true when I'm coaching. You know, somebody will call in with, with a issue, quote unquote, or a problem. Mm-hmm. And as we dive in and we kind of peel away the layers, we then determine that there's other things going on. I
0: think you're right. I think it has to do with the layers, like you mentioned. But I know whenever I think, whenever I'm first starting to think about a problem, it's almost never the same thing after I'm done looking at it a lot. Right. And I realize it's it's like, oh, this person's always busting my chops. And then it's like, oh, I'm sensitive about these topics because – and then there's this whole thing that has nothing to do with the person generally. Exactly. That's how that plays out, right? Exactly.
1: But that's why people get overwhelmed with their you know, problems or things that are challenging for them because it's like a whole storm in their head, right? Like it's hard to kind of part the clouds and really see – the different aspects that they're struggling with. And like in this question in particular, there were a lot of layers here.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's do layer one here. I mean, what the first thing that struck out at me is that she's really looking for this relationship and it's like, Oh, you know, I, I just need someone. So that's, that strikes me as a little needy, but, she even says, I'm the type of person that un- that unconditionally loves once I find someone I'm interested in, immediately falling head over heels time and time again to the point where I fell into a pit that I've now managed to keep myself out of. People in the pit are all the mistakes I know I should stay away from. Like, Okay, but then he goes on to say, I feel whole as a person. I'm not actively seeking a relationship through dating. But this consistent ache for a partner will drive me crazy until I found one. Why, if you're a whole person... Are you active? Are you, is it killing you that you're single? That's, I just, she's what's all going over on the here?
1: place. I mean, that's the problem. I think that's why she's confused and that's why this is hard for her. It, right. And what, um, you know, it reminds me of is almost what I call these tornado relationships. You know, I think she gets caught Whirlwind up in the tornado. Yeah. She gets caught in and all of a sudden it's like either sexually driven and she finds a lot of quote unquote chemistry yes, with that person chemistry. and she's all in and she puts everything into it. And then it becomes this kind of like codependent. And she gets lost in the, in the tornado and then suddenly the tornado disappears and she's nowhere. And she's left with just remnants on the ground looking around and she's like, oh, my God, what just happened? And then she feels the emptiness and, you know, the void that she's feeling. And so it's this up and down thing that I'm getting a feel for her about. And that's, I think, hard. Yeah, that's what I would ask her about is that are there patterns in her life where it's like all in or all out? You know, that's what it sounds like.
0: Me reading between the lines here especially where she says people in the pit are all the past mistakes. I know I should stay away from dating sites and apps, no strings attached sex friends with benefits relationships. I knew weren't right for me from the start. Hopeless romantic is not dumb. She's actually pretty Mm self-aware and yet there's a compulsion here to go. Well, I know I do all these bad things, but the need for the relationship, a.k.a. to fill the hole, mm-hmm. is greater than what seems like a fair, healthy amount of common sense.
1: Yeah, but she doesn't know how to get there. And I right. think this is what she's struggling with is that she's finding herself in kind of um, relationships that are somewhat um where she keeps herself at a distance, where she doesn't get really attached. Oh, because
0: she's making it more chemistry, but, sexual whirlwind. Exactly, instead of
1: intimate. and not intimate. Right, like, it's it, not real intimacy. It's not depth.
0: That makes and total so sense.
1: yeah, and so now she finds that emptiness because there's no depth to the relationship yet she wants it.
0: So then, okay, that leads me to the next question, which is why is this whole what's the what's causing this need to be so great in the first place? And that's where I think like. Dr. Phil comes in, right? Or hopefully not really him, but a real therapist. You could ask Kimberly. Right. Because (laughs) we don't know what's going on with Hopeless Romantics past, but something was not there that she's trying to get back.
1: Yeah, there's something about her ability to attach and commit. And my guess is that she probably didn't have that growing up.
0: Yes, I'm guessing like absent father or or mother, who the hell knows, right? Some sort of...
1: It could just be absence in general. Like It would be like somebody who was not there for her emotionally. It could be somebody who physically wasn't there, but for some reason she didn't learn how to be intimate, or it was scary for her. Yeah, whatever it was.
0: Like maybe there's abuse in the past. I've seen. I think it could we be. because yeah. hopeless romantic is not hopeless. This person is intelligent.
1: Well, she's actually hopeful. Yes. she's hopeful that she will have that, but she does. She's, I think she doesn't know how. And so that's what I you know, that's what I would love to help her with, because a lot of times people aren't aware of what they're doing. That kind of recreates that um, distant kind of relationship rather than having meaningful, deep relationships.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think this is something that needs to be talked over with. A therapist on the regular, because when it says the hole isn't from a previous relationship, but rather the lack of someone to love, it's a much more complex issue. If it was just, oh, I got dumped by somebody and now I'm going through this thing, it's called a rebound, totally healthy, everyone does it, whatever. Totally. But this lack of someone to love, I mean, I was single for a really, really, really long time, and it didn't bother me that much. I didn't have a lack of someone to love. I was focused on my own crap, like every other self-centered guy around, (laughs) you know? So, so the fact is she's got a job, she's got a pet, she's got hobbies. It looks like she's in good, you know, healthy. She's got a healthy social life. Mm -hmm. The fact is she's missing an intimate partner. And so, but that shouldn't be a thing that's driving you so crazy. You can't stop thinking about it. And you're doing things that are unhealthy as a result.
1: When I coach people with this kind of profile where they're having a hard time with intimacy and depth, um, one of the things that I find to be true is that they have a tremendous hard time disclosing how they feel and mm-hmm. in ways that, you know, sharing about themselves, they're more focused on the partner. Um, it's actually kind of scary to talk about themselves or it's shunned. So it's either what, so they pick people who don't want to hear about them because that's comfortable for them. So again, they mm-hmm. recreate that whole pattern. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Well, Hopeless romantic, you're far from hopeless. I hope this helped out a little bit and definitely get back to us and let us know what your exploration into what's causing that hole leads to. I think, look, therapy is healthy. Everybody needs a therapist. I don't care how sane you think you are. Go get a therapist, especially if you have something like this going on, because they'll help you identify what's really happening here and you might have to, uh, might have to attack a different problem entirely.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm.
0: Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for listening and supporting The Art of Charm. For a list of all the amazing sponsors and discount codes, visit theartofcharm.com slash advertisers. Now, back to Fan Mail Friday. Jason, next question.
2: Hello, team at The Art of Charm. I've been listening to your podcast for about 10 months, and it's really informative. So thanks to all of you for your efforts. I've been married to my wife for about three years. We are close, intimate, and really love each other. We haven't really had any fights at all. The only issue regarding our relationship I'm facing is that when she gets disappointed or angry at me, very minor but legit reasons like I stay up late working when she wanted me to come to sleep, she doesn't really talk for a day or two. Doesn't argue, doesn't fight, just remains quiet and gives me the cold shoulder if I try to say I'm sorry. She gets normal after a day or two by herself. My question is, how can I reduce the time period when she's angry or rather completely avoid it? Many times she doesn't even tell me what went wrong, and I keep on thinking the whole time, if I really did something terrible. Thanks for your help. Confused husband from London. So this one, this one would drive me crazy.
1: (laughs) I know. I could not. Especially you and I. <laughs> oh
0: man, I could not deal with this. So you're a better man than I, a confused husband from London, Kim. You had some thoughts on this.
1: Yeah. Well. I, well. First of all, I just notice um, it, these people are from London, and what I know to be true. A lot of people who I work with and the British culture is, is to kind of hold things in, sweep things under the rug. Um, there's a little passive aggression, and 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 again, that's kind of stemmed from. Their family of origin. It's as a Stiff culture. Upper lip. Yes, yes. And so, how people manage anger is to stuff everything inside and not say anything. And what happens is it stews and it boils and percolates. And then all of a sudden it boils over. And then, boom, there's a big explosion. So, maybe what the wife does is that she's like, Sweeping things under the rug and letting collecting dust, if you will, and over time and then a little incident will happen and she just blows and then it's like days that she's angry at him. So my I mean, my recommendation is, is to really work on how can you express yourself when you're angry when it's happening. So the more you talk about how you're feeling when it's happening, the less buildup there'll be.
0: I couldn't deal with this myself. What would be hard about this for me is I'm want to i I'm one of those, like, let's solve the problem right now. Let's right. talk about it right now, get it over with. If you're mad, you can vent. It's cool. You know, I understand that. I don't want to have to guess when you're going to feel better or feel guilty for two days because I would, and then I would resent that because I would think maybe she's trying to control me with this guilt. She's more than happy to make me feel guilty about this. And, you know, that, especially with something minor, like I stay up late working, she wants me to come to sleep. So what? People got stuff to do.
1: But see, that I don't even think is really what's angering her. It's no. Probably the fact that she feels ignored and there's a lot of incidences that uh-huh. are happening and yep. it's building up. And so when he does that, she's like, oh, at her wit's end. So what I then talk, she ignores him, though. Well, right, because it's a passive it's passive-aggressive kind I, of like payback. I guess right? I'm
0: just not, I'm not into the passive-aggressive thing. It's it, very it, difficult. It would just not, it's not my style.
1: <laughs> it's just not my style. It's not my style, man. Yeah. Um you know what I tell couples a lot to do too is to almost um when when things are calm when things are good to talk about this stuff. And this is the healthy communication. You know, when you don't come to bed I I feel use the I feel I feel angry and frustrated and ignored. So I really would love it next time if you could do your work earlier or you know almost make a contract with each other or how they can handle it in the future so that when it does come up they're, they're ready. And it's not this like big drama.
2: Nice. Jason, next up. Hi, Jordan. Your podcast has made a significant impact on my life. And I thank you. You are brilliant. Your guests are relevant and the subject matter could not be any more helpful. I'm 44 single working five days a week, finishing a criminal justice degree and interning one day a week. I also trained to compete in running and obstacle course races. I went back to school to make a career change due to the fact that my children are now in college and I don't have any more time constraints. My problem is that the majority of men find me intimidating and the ones who don't aren't worth dating. Women have also told me this. How can I become more approachable? I love people, work with people, and get my energy from people. I'm attractive and in good shape. Most people think I'm in my mid-30s. My nickname at work is Soldier because of my posture and how I walk. This makes me laugh, but I recognize the negative connotations as well. My good male friends say that I just need to date more confident men who won't be intimidated by me. He says that I'm beautiful, blunt, and opinionated, which most men can't handle. Also, I don't drink when I'm out, and some people feel uncomfortable about this. Though, other people drinking doesn't bother me at all. Due to my extensive Art of Charm education, I always ask questions and try to get to know people, find out what makes them tick. I'm doing most things right by Art of Charm standards. I'm friendly, funny, and confident. How can I get a man to talk to me?
0: You know what's funny about this question is when I heard the first, like, three lines of this thing, Mm -hmm. I already saw the problem coming. Because, yes, right, finishing a criminal (laughs) Criminal justice justice degree. degree. Right, running (laughs) obstacle obstacle courses, career grown kids nickname i mean i didn't even have to get to the nickname at work as soldier because of the posture but what is going on here a lot of aoc sisters have this problem and of course mm-hmm. some of them send photos and it's like bodybuilder athlete yeah. i mean this i'll be honest like even as a confident guy that kind of thing i just assume oh well you know this this girl's pretty athletic I, if i'm gonna set her up with somebody it's got to be like a real jockey guy
1: yeah, you know. so okay, I have a whole theory around all of this, and this is actually my specialty in helping women kind of feel into their femininity and be more approachable, especially How when convenient. they. I know it just so <laughs> happens that I'm right here, yes, to answer your We've question. Definitely saved, this but I want to, but I want to ask you as a man, like, what comes to mind? Because you said that those things kind of jumped out, and if this was an online profile and you see a picture of like this really fit woman. And we've seen some of those pictures come in. And then she says, I run obstacle courses and I'm a criminal justice person and all that. Like, what what do you react to?
0: Um, Well, maybe I'm weird, but I definitely have like I dated female police officers and stuff and thought it was pretty, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And after a while, I didn't worry about it. And that that came with a whole different set of complications. But I think most guys who are equally confident are going to still be like, Man, I've gained a little weight. And meanwhile, you're over there doing like 13 pull ups on your way out the door because you can. And you're throwing kettlebells around in the garage. And I'm like, oh, but Netflix, right? So, <laughs> so that would be, it's not just. And and I'm not saying, like, one guy's a fat body and then there's this athletic female. Mm -hmm. I just mean I don't want to have to worry about being competitive with my wife or girlfriend for fitness stuff. And I'm sure the first thing you're thinking is, I don't need that. But imagine you're off doing your CrossFit or your obstacle Spartan race, whatever, and I'm like, I'm cheering you on. And there's all these big jockey dudes. Like, guys worry about that stuff because we're thinking that we have to compete with the guys that are competing with you. And it's just like not a lot of guys want to sign up for that.
1: Right. And then that's what I hear from a lot of men is that they feel emasculated and and that they want to feel like the man and to be able to provide and protect. And there's something about women who come across as strong, intimidating, who can do it all, who's a go getter as that she doesn't need a man. And so we get caught into that. But you know, she says something interesting. She said that she gets feedback about her posture and how she talks. So it's it's not also just like what she does for a living, but it's the way she is moving her body somehow. Um maybe she's stiff in the way she talks. I don't know what she wears and certainly I always I don't know, Jess,
0: what are you what are you wearing?
1: Yeah, what do you what are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) Um and how does she react to that? Like dresses and heels definitely helps with, you know, just being more feminine. Um, But what if she, like, she might
0: be like, oh, I'm not gonna wear friggin' heels, that's bad for you, and I'm I don't want to deal with that. I mean, do, do, do women really have to wear dresses and heels just to get guys to not be insecure? That sucks.
1: Well, it's not like the end-all be-all, but let's face it. I mean, who there's not many guys who don't like women in dresses, and it's something that actually can make a woman feel more feminine. It's not just about the man. It's also yeah, about the way good. the woman feels inside this kind of, you know, um, she embodies this thing that she puts on her body, acts like that it is it's like a yeah. uniform so because
0: I'm so loath to tell women hey you gotta dress this way to be attractive because I think that's just like one not totally true and two just a crummy way to I wouldn't I wouldn't want to tell guys you need to gain you need to be able to bench 250 in order to be a man so i wouldn't want to tell women you got to wear heels in order to be a lady i just you know so i want to avoid
1: but let's face it see again it's not about the man it's about how she so if she is walking and talking in a way that looks somehow intimidating or masculine if a woman puts on a pair of heels it's almost impossible to walk like a man. Let, okay? <laughs> I've so, tried. I have, mean, have you? give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what we should try. <laughs> give it a shot. But I'm sorry. A woman walks differently in a pair of flip-flops than she does in a pair of heels. Yeah, that's all sure, I'm saying.
0: Sure, sure. Um, Jess, give it a shot. Dress, maybe... Oh, I hate saying this, but try, try dressing a little bit differently sometimes. But I would say also, it's so easy for me to be like, don't worry about it. Some guys will like this. I would say that you might have to take a little bit more initiative because I think a lot of guys are counting themselves out of this race just because you seem really confident. There's probably tons of guys that are average, normal guys that think you're really something special, but are like, yeah, but I don't run Spartan races. so She's going to think I'm a wimp because I would think I would actually that would I would think that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also the way she communicates. So, you know, I always teach women. It's not Femininity is not about dumbing down or being something that you're not. Good, it's yeah. about receiving, you know. Like allow men to do things, and a lot of times these go-getter women they don't even realize yeah. that they're like producing their life right. suddenly, right. and then the man's like, "Wait, I want to do that for you."
0: All right. Perfect. Jess, hope that helps. Let us know how it goes as well, because this is a, not the first time we've seen this question and not the first time we've solved this problem. But for, I feel like it's different for each person because the factors that are making
2: someone less approachable are always different. Next up. Dear Jordan, where do I start? Well, let me just shout it out. woohoo, wee. I hope this can let you know what a big fan I am of your podcasts. So I have a question. I'm a 26-year-old woman, run my own business as founder and teacher of a dance school, got hobbies, friends, I work out, and socialize. The one thing missing is a man in my life, I think. Well, to be clear, no matter what I do, it always feels like there's this big void, as though I couldn't feel complete or happy without a man. So when I go out, and just for your overall image, I'm pretty hot, I smile, I'm open and socialize, but I can't seem to find a man. I think it's because they can smell the desperation vibe. They say you got to keep yourself busy and focus on your passions, and then love will come. But I'm already doing that, and I can't seem to fake not caring about wanting a man. So my question is, how can I just be less desperate? Or better said, feel whole and happy without a man in my life. Thank you so much, Jordan. If you're ever in the Hague, Netherlands, you are welcome for some of my homemade hummus. Lots of love, Sarah. First of all, I'm always down for hummus in the Hague. Hague hummus.
1: <laughs> Hague hummus. I'm in. <laughs> Uh,
0: Sarah, thanks for writing it. You know, I really appreciate you being a fan. And I, you know, what I love about this one, she said, "I'm pretty hot."
1: I know. I love She that. owned it. I love and that. And that's hot. That is hot. Right.
0: I think more women should be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm really cute," because usually they're understanding it as is anyway.
1: I, you know, it's funny that you said that because I just did a whole talk on that yesterday, and that, you know. Men love women who love themselves. And Mm -hmm. when women own what they have, it is. It's so attractive. And I mean, we find that attractive in men, too. And men and and it's not about being conceited or stuck up. It's it's about just kind of confidence in who you are. Yeah. I mean,
0: worst case scenario, someone disagrees with you privately. So who gives a crap? Right, like right.
1: yeah, like privately says, you know what, you're really not hot. Yeah, nobody would ever do that, right? <laughs> nobody. Just, they, I've never seen that. They might that. just
0: be like, oh yeah, Sarah thinks she's hot, and then but some guy's gonna be in the corner, like, yeah, she's really hot, and then then he's gonna be like, what? Well, why don't you do that? That's how conversations about women start with guys. Yeah. Oh man, that girl Sarah's pretty cute. What you think so? Oh man, I'll totally hook you guys up. I didn't. She's not my type. You know that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like all the time. That's and uh, Jen's brother's like that. He'll be like. What's up with that girl? And I'm like, Jess? Oh, yeah. um, tch, Totally on the market, you know, because I'm just thinking like, yeah, he likes different types of women that I don't even really necessarily find attractive. Anyway, we're digressing big time. Here.
1: No, but I know. But that is good because and actually I feel like it is a good segue to answering her question because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I believe there's a man for everybody. And every woman, every body type, every ethnicity, age, you know, so it is. I, I don't For know sure. what's going on with her.
0: I mean, with this one, uh, it's hard to say because she's appears to have it all. But look, it, the remarkable similarity between this and the first question is that to be clearer, no matter what I do, it always feels like there's this big void as though I could not feel complete or happy without a man. So when I smell the desperation vibe. That, to me, is the very similar slash exact same problem as the first question.
1: Yeah, it's a little different in that. I don't know the age of the first one. This tw- She's 26, okay? Right. And I also don't know, and excuse me, but I don't know the culture in the Netherlands. Like, do people get married and have kids younger? And no. so they're not, no. right? So I'm just wondering, like, where this kind of desperation is coming from. Because often I see this with people who want to, like, you know, hunker down and have kids. If she's in a small town and everybody else is getting married and she's having this, like, biological no. clock ticking. The
0: Hague, Netherlands, big city, relatively speaking – Netherlands is like northern Europe, Scandinavia adjacent type of culture. Mm-hmm. Think Germany, think Sweden ish.
1: So that's you know? interesting. I mean, I always look at the culture first, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm these a- these are people that maybe having kids in their late 30s whatever, not necessarily all getting married. Mm-hmm. So, but who knows? Maybe her circle is smaller.
1: But that's what I'm Maybe wondering. I'm just wondering what her environment is like that's causing some of this, like, kind of pressure. But the other thing is, is you know, what is that desperation about? Like, is it about being alone? Is Does she have a hard time being alone? And if that's the case, I always tell people you have to be okay to be alone before you can be okay being with someone. Why? Because it's important to be comfortable by yourself and be okay with yourself because i find that people who are so desperate to have somebody so that that almost like they it becomes their identity like they're not even separate from that person and that they need somebody to fill them up
0: right so they that's how you get the one name right like yeah brangelina
1: (laughs) something like that yeah
0: that's interesting so who who knows it could be a mixture of environment it could be it could have something to do with uh, the culture it's hard to say here though I' I'm gonna throw a little I'm gonna throw another thing out here which is that a lot of the Dutch northern European northern just Scandinavian type of men mm-hmm. they are not very forthcoming about what they're looking for what they want they might they just don't there's not a lot of touching, there's not a lot of walking up and talking to other people. It's funny because when guys from Art of Charm go to Norway or something like that, recently somebody went to Norway and all these Norwegian friends of ours were like, Oh, yeah, yo, know, you never would talk to anybody in the street like that. It's so strange. It's unusual. And I said, So what if we just do that anyway? And they mm-hmm. were like, Oh, well, every girl would totally love that because, you know, no- Norwegian girls love, love any that. guy that's not Norwegian. This is from a female, too. Yeah. So she was like, Oh, that would be really weird. Oh, but it would totally work on me. And all my friends would totally love that. And all the guys we've met from Italy or America, whenever they come talk to us, we always go out with them. And I'm just like, wow, what a weird double standard. So these these Dutch, Norwegian, Swedish, whatever guys, they will not go up and talk to anybody else, but once they start doing it or somebody else does it, the response is immediate. Mm. So there might be some of that here, but mm-hmm. that's that's she would know that if she's Dutch. I guess we don't necessarily know if she's Dutch or if she grew up somewhere else. But it sounds like you've got a lot going on. You work out, you socialize. One thing is missing. This could just be a biological clock, you know? Maybe she, maybe it's just taken hormonal, whatever.
1: Well, that's what, what I said in the beginning. I'm not sure like what that's about. But the other thing isn't without being a dead horse is the family of origin stuff. Like yeah. we don't know if there's this like desperate need to fill a void from some family stuff, you know, and so it's yeah. hard for her to be alone.
0: Yeah. So I think I think she hit on the key here. It's better to be happy without somebody mm-hmm. because that tends to be in our experience and in mine, especially when you tend to be the most open to relationships. doesn't mean you don't have to put yourself out there and continue talking with people and meeting people. It just means that's when things start to fall from the sky. Because when it rains, it pours when it comes to the same thing for guys. When guys have girlfriends, women seem to come out of the woodwork. Guys, you ever notice that? The reason partially is because you're not acting like a freaking dog that's starving.
1: So true. So true. I know. It's funny. Like, even when people decide that they want to work on their dating life and they start coaching with me or whatever the minute they commit to themselves is when all of a sudden they start like hearing from old boyfriends guys start looking at them and and people will be like kim do you have a voodoo doll or something like why and i say to them no it's your energy you're you're suddenly not this uh, and by energy
0: you mean the vibe you're putting out there yeah because i hate the word energy oh
1: it's too woo woo yes yes it's the vibe that you're putting out there but also just in terms of demeanor like your mindset it's mindset too.
0: mindset. Well, the, the mindset is what the shift in mindset is what changes the behavior slightly enough to be just a little bit more confident, probably a little bit disinterested as well.
1: Yes. Yes. So your body language is different as right. well.
0: So you're not leaning in and being too, and who knows? I mean, I haven't spent enough time in Northern Europe to really know, although I did live in Germany, and I'll tell you, over there, it's just, uh, the dating thing is completely different, and um, Mm -hmm. you gotta gotta give a little bit of a head nod to, or a hat tip, to the fact that people aren't necessarily going to put themselves out there as much. All right, Jason, last but not least.
2: Hi, AOC folks. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple months now, and you've become regular voices in my commute. I've gained lots of good information and tips. I've found quite a few topics that relate to where I am right now in my life. I'm hoping you can help me out. Buckle in because this is a weird one. I'm in a strange place in my life, and I'm struggling to get motivated and creative again after a rough few years. I recently have gone through some pretty significant changes. The two biggest have been a death in the family, as well as a divorce that made me aware of my ex-husband's secret family. No, really. So as a full-time art director and mother of four, I'm looking to find my spark again, jumpstart my creativity, and get back to showing my kids a good example of how one can bounce back from this trauma and get back to rocking life. But the thing is, I'm exhausted, emotionally, creatively, physically wiped out. Any pointers on getting my groove back? Please let me know if you need any more information to help you tackle this question. I hope this makes it on the air. Well, it has. Best, Caroline. All right, Kim, this one. What? First of all, holy crap, mm-hmm. Secret Family. Is this a
0: Mexican soap opera?
1: I know. That's
0: incredible. You don't hear family. about that very often. Not, I'm trying to make you into a circus uh, exhibit here, Caroline. This is really a shame, but holy, holy cow. I mean,
1: yeah, this is tough. Well, here's the thing is she's been through a tremendous amount of loss. And what we know about like grieving is that when you have one loss, and then another one on top of it especially close together you grieve the first loss and so it layers upon itself again and so it becomes really heavy it's hard too to be creative when you're in this state of heaviness and so she's probably feeling that
0: right so oh i see death in the family as well as a divorce mm-hmm. and so and not just right. any divorce secret family divorce okay so yeah. this, is, this is like getting hit in the face multiple times and then trying so, to get your balance. Again.
1: Exactly. Like multiple blows. And so she said she's exhausted emotionally, creatively, physically wiped out. And, and she has four kids.
0: So this isn't like, all right, go to the beach for two weeks. <laughs>
1: exactly. Like exactly. there's other
0: ish going on. She can't
1: on. just close the door and no. like walk out. Yeah. So – um I, you know, when I get situations like this, and people come to it, it, it again, it's good to lay out what all the stressors are right now. Um, because right, she's probably just overwhelmed with the different feelings that you go through in grieving. You know, there's depression, there's anger, there's bargaining the stages of the grief. stages of grief, as you know. So, um, I think that once you f- she figures out for herself, first of all, just how to, kind of feel almost back on her feet she needs to do things to balance out some of this heaviness and and she's taking care of the kids too she can carve out times in the in the day in the week where she's taking care of herself and it could be small it could be like a massage it could be things like you know going to you know Tea with her girlfriend, sure. or whatever it Work, is
0: that I want to make sure her. she's working out too. I think Workout's working out is like a miracle drug. Oh my the god, it cures freaking everything. the The other thing is, uh, and I'm just spitballing, so Kim, you could disagree with me here, but with four kids mm-hmm. and with the divorce and the secret family, everybody's probably feeling like rejected because mm-hmm. dad had a secret family, which mm-hmm. is insanity. So maybe there's an activity that the whole family, four and her, can do together that will sort of strengthen their bond and say like, look, that guy caused a lot of grief, but we're all doing this pottery thing or we're all doing this activity or this cool sport, something that everybody likes so that your kids and you are kind of like, you're on the same team, your team, whatever your last name is, right? You can, you can create a more solid unit. That way, not everybody's feeling alone because who knows? I mean, you're probably feeling alone, Carolyn, a little bit from the divorce and the death. And then your kids are like, mom's all stressed out. So maybe you're not emotionally there as much so they're feeling weird maybe reignite maybe strengthen those bonds that you have with your family and i think you'll feel like if you feel like you've got four teammates at home rather than four screaming kids who need attention because you you know you're busy and torn in all these different directions i think that might do you some good
1: i love that i'm glad you mentioned that too and because one thing that came to my mind is like how much do the kids know we don't know if the kids even know what happened. yeah
0: they could be 16 right? they could be six exactly so we, so don't, we know.
1: don't know. But it's good. Um, I would highly recommend um, family therapy, too. Yes. If, you know, Great. It, to your point, so that there's some communication yeah. amongst family all. therapy, followed by some bowling
0: or whatever. <laughs> right. Right? Ice cream. It's ice yeah. cream. Something interesting. They're
1: 21 a beer. I don't yeah,
0: know. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, Carolyn, let us know how this goes, really, because you've been through a lot. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to ruin your family, though. It really doesn't.
1: And you can have a life again.
0: Yes, but one step at a time, right? Right, right. All right, hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. A link to this blog post can be found at theartofcharm.com slash fmf84. Also, don't forget about the Art of Charm Challenge. Text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the USA. Or if you're not, go to theartofcharm.com. We'll take you step-by-step, step, becoming a better networker, making better personal, professional connections, increasing your social capital, your charisma, and it's for both guys and gals. So check that out. Text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the US, Or go to theartofcharm.com. Quick shout out goes to Anavel from EMSI who hooked me up with an opportunity to speak where I gave the keynote for their annual conference this year. Y'all are a great crowd. I hope AOC has some new fans as a result of that. And Anavel, I'm a fan of you for sure for setting that up for me. Thanks so much. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up and I'll shout you out more from The Art of Charm at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps that we run every single week here in LA. If you really want to dig into this stuff and work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches, that's bootcamp.theartofcharm.com. Now stay charming, get out there and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and more at the Art of